Don't just long that God take away the circumstance. Long that through the circumstance, your worship ignites. That's hope as he does something amazing and healing in your life. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. And uh, man, we're in a series called Hope That Heals. We've been in this series for a while, right? We set this series up actually as we jumped into the beginning of COVID, Hope That Heals. And we've been talking through different facets of what we can hope in in our Lord Jesus Christ, what we can hope in in God Almighty, how he's working in us, and what we can look to both today and for tomorrow, what we can go after. And I got to tell you, these last three weeks of this series, I've been looking forward to for a while, okay? We're going to be diving into the book of Revelation. We're going Revelation 21 and 22 on these last three weeks, and we're going to be talking a lot about what God has to say of hope, hope of where we're headed, hope of what we have. Each week when we talk about our hope that we're going after, first we had a word to the negative side, things going wrong. Our word for today, broken. Can we all admit this world is broken? Dude, that wasn't even close enough. Can we all admit this world is broken? Dude, if you cannot admit this world is broken, you are not paying attention, right? This is a mess that we have going on on so many fronts, and God has a plan. Everybody say, God has a plan. He has a plan in the here and now and for the there and then, okay? And so our hope is for the one who will make all things new. Our hope is in the one who will make all things new. So turn with me, if you will, to Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1. The first point here, praise God that this broken world will end and we will be forever in our God's perfect presence. Praise God that this broken world will end and we will be forever in God's perfect presence. Man, that is our hope. That is where we're headed. So as we dive in, let's get started. Revelation 21, starting in verse 1, it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Let's just hold right there. So as we dive in here to Revelation 21, let's make sure we've got the context. Ready? Okay, so world is moving along. It's pretty broken. It's pretty corrupt. It's a mess. It's kind of like right now, it's going along like that all the way up until the end. Jesus Christ ends up calling his church home. There's a rapture of all those who believe and all those who have already passed away. They are rallied with him. All the saved. Everybody say all. All the saved, raptured up to be with him. And there is glorified bodies attached now to glorified souls. We are 100% perfect in the presence of God. There's a short stint of time there. We're with him. We're worshiping him. There's celebration that goes on. And then Jesus Christ climbs on a white horse. And we start cheering. And as Jesus starts on that white horse, we get on with, whatever that means, we're not bringing weapons. It's Jesus alone with the spoken word. He returns. And as he comes down, he brings an end to all rebellion. There is no more guy standing up saying, make it all about me. It will always and forever from then on be about Jesus Christ. 
And all of God's people said, amen, man. Jesus Christ returns. In that return, he establishes a kingdom. It goes on for a thousand years of him reigning. Get this. We who have been drawn up into the heavens with him, glorified body, glorified soul, we're now perfect. We get to be assisting in the rule. It doesn't mean he needs help. It means he's giving us something to do. Like when you let the two-year-old help in the backyard with the gardening. You don't need that kind of help, but you go with it because it teaches things, right? And he's giving us a chance to work with him and be alongside of him. Us with glorified body and glorified soul. Still some humans in the kingdom who have come through trusting in him at the end. And they come through to the millennial kingdom. And there's the two different things going on for a thousand years. This unbelievable kingdom of Christ being worshipped. That going on. At the end of that thousand years, that's where Revelation 21 picks up. At the end of the millennial kingdom, you and I have been glorified body, glorified soul if you're trusting in Christ, working with him for a thousand years. Now we see this picking up. Here we go. Then I saw, just so you know, that phrase is kai aidan in the Greek. It's all over the place in Revelation. It's the introduction of another vision that the writer John is having. It's an introduction of the next thing he's seeing. Then I saw, and he uses that phrase kaiidon over and over and over, okay? This is the next of the visions after the millennial kingdom and all that went on post that millennial kingdom with judgment. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Just so you know, there's two words in the Greek for the word new. The one means kind of like in a time base, like it, it changed now, so it's new right? And it's speaking more to the time side of it all. That's not this word. There's another word new, and it means totally different in quality and kind. Unbelievably, amazingly different and new. Different in quality and rocking your world better. That's what this means, okay? So he's like, yeah, there's a new heaven and a new earth. I'm just telling you, though, if you're thinking about the old earth and the way it is, wrong thought. It's not like, take two, let's try it again. It's not that. Different quality, different kind. It's going to drop our jaw new. Everybody say new. Like, rock your world different and unbelievable. New heaven and new earth as God starts to bring in this place for us for eternity. It says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And all of God's people said... Dude, this broken world will be done. This, this broken world will be done. The physical world and its crippled nature and all of its struggle. And look, as we're walking through it, it's not wrong for us to partner in in this broken world and to help out. You hear Pierce talking about our backpack ministry that we got going on. And we're going to be partnering with these schools in the area. Dude, there's needs all over the place. And like he said, we have about 600 backpacks we need. We're just a little over 300 backpacks right now. Time to start adding some more. If you're thinking somebody else has it, they don't have it, okay? Join with us. We need a couple hundred backpacks this week to be able to reach out and care for the kids. School is squirrely and all over the place for these kids. Let's make sure we jump in with them. There's nothing wrong with us caring for and working in this broken world to be able to help care for the lives around us. Ready? And all of God's people said... So don't miss, out, don't miss out on that call, all right? We're looking for a couple hundred backpacks by Wednesday to roll in new and fresh. That's a time statement, not a quality statement, right? 
to be able to bring them in this week that we might make an impact as we start working with these schools over the next coming weeks here, okay? And our main goal is to start passing out this Saturday. So we're on the clock on that as we work with it. He's like, just so you're clear, uh, the broken world will pass away. It says, and the sea was no more. And the sea, in this new earth, there's no more sea, it says. Now, if this is taken literally, that's like, so there's no more large body of water. And maybe that's what it means. And many would say, yeah, I think it's literal. And there's good reason to think that. There's nothing about the phrasing there that would make you say it's not. And some would say, no, I think this is actually metaphorical. When you look in Revelation, there's a couple of spots where the sea is mentioned, and it's always when bad things are coming out of it. The evil human beings and their sin, the sinfulness of man, the beast ends up coming out of the sea. Like you see a lot of angry, hateful, spiteful, sinful stuff coming from the sea. So maybe this is a metaphor saying there's no more sin. And we know that to be true. We'll see it in just a little bit in this passage. Either way, can we just admit God's got something awesome and other different in quality coming up. It's going to drop our jaw and be awesome. Everybody say awesome. Man, if you're like, I can barely picture it, me too. Like we've got a few words and we're trying to grasp it as best we can and it's going to stun us with what we get to see. It says, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. There's an old Jerusalem, it exists right now. And he's like, just so you know, we're going to see this new holy city, the new Jerusalem. And it's going to look something like, but it's going to be very different. And, you know, if you've ever been to Jerusalem, I mean, there's something just cool about being there. Obviously, we know a lot of history, and so as you walk in, there's the historical elements to it all. And it's stunning as you step into the place, but there's something different going on over there. I don't know if it's atmospheric or what. When we were there like 10 straight days, the sky was just blue the whole time. The sun is just crisper. There is something going on. There is a spiritual moving in that place, both negative and positive. It is a place that grips you fast and hard. And I mean, I was so fired up to be taking our church with that, just so y'all know, we had like 50-some that were going, and we have had to back off of that trip because of all that's going on, and and there'll be something coming up on that, God willing, in the future, but we did have to back off of that Israel trip and pull back, and I'm just telling you, the city right now will drop your jaw with what's going on. The old walls that have thousands of years of history on it. When you walk up, you can see the bullet holes from the 1967 Six-Day War. As you're walking through the streets, you're walking places where people walked thousands of years ago. It's awesome. That's nothing compared to what's coming. This new of a different quality and kind, and we're going to be looking a lot more at it next week. He's going to talk about how it's going to be built, what the walls are going to look like, how it's going to drop your jaw. This new Jerusalem, and it said the holy city, it's the housing place of all those who have believed in Jesus Christ. They've been brought home with him, glorified body. You're living with perfect body, perfect soul, in a perfect city that will drop your jaw. That's where we're headed, man. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Amen. I'll tell you, the holy city in New Jerusalem says, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Prepared like a bride. You know, both of my daughters are married, and I was able to uh, have 
a sweet role in both of those weddings and Jana helping them get dressed and putting the dress on and the veil and all of that. But then there was sort of a first reveal uh, from the father perspective where I was able to be with and just both times, it, it just stuns you to see your daughter in glorious white and ready to go, just beaming and excited and uh, just takes my breath away. It still brings me to tears. Loved that moment. And then after that, to be able to put my arm out and have them grab on and to walk down the, with, the old, with my older daughter, Megan, as we stepped up to these doors. And as the song started, she had the exact spot where we're supposed to start walking. So I'm like looking over like, now? Do we go now? She's like, not yet, not yet. Hit the moment, now. Okay, we start going. As we step in, 500 plus people stand up. You just hear the, as everybody stands and it literally takes your breath away. Both of us just started into tears as we were in awe of the moment as the bride is being walked forward in celebration. As I took my younger daughter and had her on my arm and was walking her into the grass backyard and all 10 people went <laughs> and, uh, and there was celebration as we were celebrating in the 200, 300 plus that were on Facebook Live that I'm sure everyone stood up. I don't know. I have no idea. But the celebration that goes on as I'm walking both of them forward, that's what he's like, just so you know, like a bride being walked forward. There are tears. There is celebration. There is standing up. There is like, this is amazing as this city is being presented, the new home and the place of the holy ones those who are trusting in Christ, man, massive celebration as God gets all the glory. It says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne. It says, from the throne, not on the throne, right? So most believe this is probably an angelic voice declaring out from next to the throne. Whatever it is, it's got the word throne there, clearly saying this, with authority. Everybody say, with authority. Okay, here comes some authority. It says, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, Check it out. He's like, watch this. This might be one of the biggest check it out statements in all of scripture, right? Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. The angel declares out, behold, it starts now. Absolute celebration in God's presence, him with you, you with him, nothing ever separating you again for all eternity. God dwelling right there with you. We're going to see in Revelation 21, we'll be able to see him face to face. Right now it says if human beings see him face to face, we die in our unholiness, in our sinfulness, in our humanity, in our frailty. But then with glorified body and perfect soul, we will be in his glorious, perfect presence forever. Picture yourself as a vessel, all of us shaped different shapes and sizes and looks and feels, and all of us get thrown into the pool and 100% filled with joy and excitement. No matter what your vessel is shaped like, filled to the top with joy and excitement. Think of heaven that way. Every one of us 100% satisfied, joyful, fired up, and ready to go after celebrating him. Us with him and him with us. No more sin separating. No more moment where you think the wrong thought and you know you shouldn't be there and it's there again. No more moment where you brought some attitude or you brought some anger 
words were said. No more doing something that's just prideful and selfish and defensive. No more getting involved in looking at something you know you shouldn't be looking at. Feeling the shame and knowing you should be separating from it. No more sin taking a grip on your soul ever that's been done and over. And as this new city is ushered in, we forever are with God and nothing breaks that union. And all of God's people said, and don't miss it, huge privilege for us to be with our God forever. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What is God doing when he's with us? Well, I love this. One of the last things of comfort that God has to do, because you don't comfort when everything's great. You just keep celebrating and moving forward. But coming out of what can be bad stuff, there's comfort that comes. The wiping away of tears, like this is the last needed comfort moment. The last needed time of comfort as God wipes away tears. No more compassion needed in a sense of you're hurting. I'm going to come alongside your hurt. The hurt's gone. It says, and death shall be no more. Just so we're super clear, Genesis 3 says that death comes because of our sin. Make sure you embrace that as we face it in this COVID environment and people talk about death and death that can be scary. The reality is death is here because of our sin. And we need sin to be done for death to be gone. May we grasp that sin is first dealt with by Jesus Christ and now death is absolutely and officially removed forever. There is never again the concern of what if this ends tragically? What if I'm separated from? No more heartache of a family member who is now gone. Forever together there with him. Huge deal. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. No more pain. No. No more pain. No more waking up and rolling over and feeling like you have to grab your back and start remembering what did I do in the last day that is making this hurt so bad and sitting up on the edge of the bed to begin to consider, do I really want to get out today? No, no more where there's some kind of hard, I, honestly, no more where you're absolutely causing pain in someone else or they're causing pain in you. No more hurt to the soul, no more hurt to the body. No more pain. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Every day we live life, we navigate pain. We have no idea what it's going to be like to wake up every day and be like, this is awesome. Nothing. No hindrance, no pain, no sorrow, no sin, no nothing. Just all-out worship. Cannot wait to get it on with our God for all eternity. And all of God's people said, don't miss the hope that this broken world is short and we have eternity with him. He says, neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. The broken world is gone. Passed away. That's our hope. May we worship Jesus Christ with all we've got. You know, this past week, um, my wife and I decided to watch some things. Uh, we started to watch a series that had some episodes on it. And uh, we usually cannot find things that we like to watch together. You know, I love to watch a little bit more of the action stuff, and she loves to watch a little bit more of the 
uh, relational stuff. I, I don't know what word you just whispered to me. Chick flick, okay? <laughs> and uh, so, and I, I, hey man, I'll be in on one or here or there, okay? And, but we try to find something. And so we decided to watch a chick flick this week. Um, it was called The Last Dance, Michael Jordan. It's not even close to a chick flick. I just made that up. We decided to watch Last Dance, Michael Jordan. I'm just saying I cannot recommend it, okay? The language is horrible. It was awesome. I cannot recommend it, but we loved it. Like, I, if you lived in the 80s and the 90s, and you went through the Bulls era, I'm just telling you, it was stunning to see the throwback vid and to watch them. I mean, the Bulls taking six championships in eight years, Michael MVP all over the place, and gold medal in the Olympics, and you know, stealing championships and defensive championships and just a ton of just proven he was the best of the best in that whole era and phenomenal to watch him play and to see some of the competition and all that went down. I'm, we were watching in the beginning, there was like a scene from late 84, early 85, and I mean, there's nobody in the stands back then. And uh, the Bulls were terrible and Michael was playing good, but the Bulls were still terrible. And, and uh, as they were trying to play, there's like 3,000 in the stadium and uh, they could house way over that, you know, five, six, seven times that, and, and, uh, but there were 3,000. So you could get tickets dirt cheap. So we ran down there a couple of times, seven bucks, sitting in the balcony, and I, like, after a while, you talk to the guys, you're like, dude, there's nobody down there. Can we just go down there? And they're like, yeah, go ahead. We would go down to like fifth row, court side, just off of center, being able to watch it. There was one time where Michael Pass was coming. He reaches out. He tips the ball. It goes out in front of him. He runs to grab it. Everybody was going the other way. So he's alone, takes the ball in Michael Jordan style, jumps in the air way back, flying, cradles the ball, tongue out, slams that thing down. One of the first times he did it, slamming it sideways on the Bulls thing. All 3,000 of us in the stadium were like, yeah! You could barely hear it in the stadium. Yeah! Right? We're like trying to celebrate. It ended up going national news. It was in the clips. I'm like, I was sitting right there when that happened. Like, it was just awesome to be able to celebrate. And Michael Jordan, head and shoulders above. And I'm just telling you, man, there were people that celebrated and stood on their feet and cheered with all they had for a man. Can you imagine what it's going to be for the creator of the universe? Jesus Christ is like head and shoulders above anything else, anywhere. The Michael Jordan, if you will, of all of creation, creator, king, ruler. And when he stands up to create, we will stand with all we've got like, yes, look at this. Look how awesome and glorious. This is what I was waiting for. This is what I'm talking about. I'm telling you, our worship is going to come unhinged. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Don't miss it. Jesus Christ is king of the universe. And he's ushering in a new kingdom that is going to be different and of a whole other quality. And it's going to blow us away. Man, are you ready to live your worship thinking about tomorrow and what's coming? All too often our worship keeps thinking about the pain of right now. May we think of the glory of tomorrow and the pain all gone. May God get that worship right here. Don't miss it. That's our call. Celebrate him with what's coming. Point number two, 
Celebrate the God who will make all things new and make us his family. Celebrate the God who will make all things new and will make us his family. It says, and he who was seated on the throne, now remember, this guy is seated, right? So most believe this is Jesus Christ, seated on the throne. Jesus says, behold. He says, what? Check it out. Like, this is a huge deal. Behold, check it out. I am making all things new. Same word. I am making all things of a different kind and quality that will rock your world. Hang on. It's coming down and it's going to be stunning. Check this out. Also, he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, like, can you imagine when Jesus says, write these down, they're trustworthy and true. I mean, when were his words not trustworthy and true, right? Can you imagine when he says to one, hey, write this down. Got it. These words are trustworthy and true. I know. I got it, right? And he goes to write it down with, he's like, they're trustworthy and true. And he said, it is done. I picture these words echoing and thundering through every space and every physical place of all of the universe thunderously, like in a cave screamed out, it is done, 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 done. Think of Christ when he went to the cross. And at the very end, as he breathed his last, he said, it is finished. And in that moment, he was saying, the spiritual has been dealt with. Sin is paid for. Death is conquered. I'm telling you, I have the spiritual world managed. It is finished. Spiritual payment made. Fast forward to the end. Now he takes all of the physical broken world and our physical broken bodies and all of the physical world gets fixed and resolved. And as all of it is now resolved, he says, it is done. Know this, God has a plan. It is finished, is declaring part one done. It is done. It's all complete. The new heaven and new earth are ushered in. Our glorified bodies and glorified souls, we are on with him for all of eternity. God with us and us with him. This broken world is done. Everybody say it is done. Man, that is our hope. Huge deal. It says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. It starts with me, it ends with me. I speak and it exists. I hold it together by my presence. When I say it's over, it's over. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the one to be worshipped. I am head and shoulders above anything else in all of the universe. He says, to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. I will give of the water of life without payment. He's saying, whatever your desires from a spiritual heart that are not selfish and wandering all the time, it is going to be absolute satisfaction at all times. There's going to be this glorious satisfaction. I know my older daughter Megan gave me a gift for Christmas uh, one year. 
that was actually uh, one of those mugs that kind of keeps the thermal temperature, whatever it is. It keeps the hot, hot, and the cold, cold. I love cold. Like for me, cold is so refreshing. And I actually, all right, I'm just going to say it. So I love Diet Mountain Dew. I actually love Mountain Dew Zero. I don't know how many of you love that. I will just admit this though, I have no taste buds. But I love Mountain Dew Zero. Like I can taste just a little bit of it, but some of the brain surgery stuff took away the edge. I can taste a little. I hear a lot of people don't like it. I say it's awesome, okay? Mountain Dew Zero, pour it in, put ice in halfway, and I'm telling you all day long that mug keeps the ice in there. And every time I take a sip, I want to just say, ah, it is so satisfying all day long. If you just open a can and take a drink, like within five minutes, it's getting warm. And some of you are like, I love tepid. That's weird. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. I'm sure for heaven, it'll be very tepid for you, okay? But for me, it's going to be icy, cold, unbelievable. And it's going to be so refreshing all the time. He's like, all the time, refreshed, costs you nothing, costs Jesus everything. He is our king. He is our creator. He is our hope. And all of God's people said, huge. And uh, he says, there is no payment. He says, um, as we look forward now, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. He's like, just so you know, for those who believe in Jesus Christ that he is risen, do you believe that Jesus is risen? If you believe he is risen and you confess him as your Lord, take over God, you're in charge. It's that simple two-step. You're alive, you're in charge. I'm done fighting. Dude, that's saved. I'm done fighting. What do you want, Jesus? Your Lord. You're alive, you're in charge. He's like, for all who have that heritage, this is yours, all of it. The glory of heaven coming down. The satisfaction of being with your God forever. The complete fulfillment of all of it. The wowed and stunned by everything being made new. All of it is yours. And you get to be declared his son or his daughter in the fam. Adopted in for all of eternity. It says, but. That's a bad word coming after all this. When all the glory and the awesomeness is described, and then it says, but, and now it's going to address those who don't believe that Jesus is risen, those who won't confess him as Lord. I want it to be about me. I am going to go my own way. He's like, those who want to make sure they're good enough themselves, who want to be known by their own actions, you'll be known by your sin. And those who are saved and trust in Jesus, your sin is covered. Everybody say covered. Covered. But those who don't trust in Jesus, your sin is all you've got. And this is what they're known by. He says, but for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, for the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all the liars. Man, if you're using your tongue, if you're using your mind, if you're using your body, if you're using any part of you to go after sin and make it about you and you won't make it about Christ, you're not saying, Lord, please forgive me and you're not letting him be in charge, well, then you're just known by your own sin, not Christ's death on the cross. It's a huge problem. He said, for them, their portion 
will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. Don't toy around, man. All I can say is, please put your heart in the hands of Jesus Christ and don't mess around. There is an eternity apart from God. It is called hell. The best example he could give is sulfur and fire. Have you ever been around sulfur? Man, does that stuff smell terrible. I mean, it is potent and nasty. He's like, the best thing I can tell you, it's the worst environment you could ever want to be in. From the smell to the heat and the feel to the pressure to the pain to the separation of God to all of it, don't mess around. Man, if you're toying around with it today, be done today. Lord God, I give you my life. I'm in. Jesus, please forgive me. You're in charge. Dude, that's saved. Jesus, you're alive. You're in charge. Take over. Please give your life to him that this isn't you at the end. In the lake of fire that burns with sulfur and it says, which is the second death. There's the physical body death and then there's the eternity apart from God that would be the second death. May we not ever see ourselves in that spot. Ready? And all of God's people said, don't toy with it. This scripture ends with a giant exclamation point and then a little parenthesis that is a massive statement. Our job is to worship our king right here and right now. Our job in the middle of this pain is to say, not for long. My God's got this in hand. I'm telling you, eternity is his. I cannot wait for my king to get all the glory. Jesus Christ will be worshipped. This pain will not distract me. This annoyance will not be an issue. This, a little tender now, this mask will not stop my worship. And all of God's people said, come on, man, don't miss it. We have a God who has eternity in hand. May he get all the glory. No matter what, eternity is his. Our God is making all things new. That's our hope. Let me just put it in perspective. I actually had this illustrate going beforehand, but I got, my parents are actually here today from western suburbs. They live in the western suburbs of Chicago and uh, have just been enjoying the COVID closed down up there and uh, just outside of all the Chicago mess that's going on. And uh, the suburb that they live in, houses are being purchased there so that they can bulldoze them and build them up massively, right? So you buy like a 1,200 square foot house and then you put up significantly larger on these little postage stamp spots, right? What they don't do is buy the 1,200 square foot house and repaint the walls and put new carpet in, okay? That's one form of new. It's a fresh version, a time change of. But the other one is bulldoze it, rebuild. It's all new and of a different kind and quality. God's like, I'm telling you this. I am taking over. The property is mine. I'm bulldozing and I'm restarting. And it is going to be the largest, baddest, bestest, unbelievable, jaw-dropping environment you have ever seen. Hang on. I'm going to do it like you haven't seen done yet. Get ready. God is making all things new. Everybody say it's new. Amen.
Everybody just say, it's new of a different kind. That's where we're going. May God get all the glory. Let's pray.